If you will, take your Bible and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Randy's going to go ahead and put that opening slide up there just to get over the shock value. When I began this week, I was going to preach tonight about sin, about a biblical approach to sin. We've not heard any real sermons on sin in a mighty long time. As God began to develop the message this morning and anticipating, and I guess God put it in my heart that people would make some commitments, he kind of put a word in my mind that if we're really going to commit in the morning time to step up for our Lord, oh, Satan's going to get in high gear. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Every time you try to do something for the Lord, Satan gets in high gear. And so tonight, the Lord has kind of led me not to preach. Today in some of the more modern churches, you have senior pastors and you have teaching pastors. Tonight, I just, this is not going to be a, in fact, it would probably kill me if I preached as hard tonight as I did this morning. But I want to give you something to kind of hang your hat on about when you face opposition, how to handle the giants in your life. Now, you look on the screen, you see some of those giants. Before we get to the text and the message, selfish ambition, unforgiveness, rejection, failure, pride, criticism, fear, public opinion, peer pressure, and carelessness, and this is only a few of the giants that you face. If I were to ask you what do you think some giants are in your life, uh, you could give me a whole other laundry list, couldn't you? <clears throat> Tonight we're going to go to the 17th chapter of 1 Samuel, and we're going to look at a story that we have literally relegated to a children's story. It's a very familiar story. It's the story of David and Goliath. David and Goliath, the story of David and Goliath does have a lot of truths that we can teach our children that, yes, you will be tacked, yes, you need to lean on God, and yes, if you lean on God, you can come through victorious, but the applications for this story are far-reaching. Now, you see 1 Samuel 17. You did see it. You see 1 Samuel 17, <clears throat> and it's the entire chapter. So I'm not going to force us to read the entire chapter. I do hope you'll go home and read it. What we want to do tonight is just kind of consider some truths to this story and just kind of pull them out to help us in our daily walk and help us when those giants come into your life. Now, the first truth that I'd like to say to you that you know. Most of what I'm going to tell you tonight, you know, but I want to remind you of it, and then we'll get to some things I think maybe a help toward the end. You need to know this, you need to understand this, and need to embrace this. If you are a child of God, if you are a child of God, you have an enemy. You have someone on your heels and in your face. And the enemy that we war against, here are some of the things that are used to war against us. The enemy that we really war against, although it may be manifest in a relationship, it may be manifest in a person, the real enemy is not flesh and blood. The real enemy is the same one who in Matthew 4 attacked Jesus. He is 
the ruler of the darkness. He is the authority of the darkness. He is the world power of the darkness. He is the spiritual force of evil. We don't call his name because people call us crazy today, but it's still Satan. Satan is your enemy. And you know what I've discovered about Satan? He knows when you're weakest and he knows your weakness. And when he knows your weakness and knows when you're weakest, he is going to attack you right then, right at there, that time. And he is the giant in your life. Now, he may use people. He may use a physical condition. He may use a physical weakness. And whatever he finds in your life, now you're listening, whatever he finds in your life, he is going to use it to the max. So tonight, you can move forward now, Randy. You, he's going to move it. To, he's going to use it to the max. And so, here's what I want to do tonight. I want to give you first a perspective on your adversary, a perspective on the giants in your life. Now, I don't want you to underestimate the power. I think a lot of times we underestimate the one coming against us. Whether it's at work, whether it's at school, whether it's at home, it doesn't matter. Most of the time we underestimate the power. We've heard for so long, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. That is a true statement. If Jesus Christ lives in you, he is greater in you than the one who is in the world. But watch this. You try to go it alone, greater is he who is in the world than you are by yourself. And he will pull you down and he will destroy you. The only thing that I can find out that Satan cannot duplicate is your salvation. There are so many things because he has so much power that he can duplicate. But when we gain our salvation, we have the Holy Spirit who leads us, who protects us, who, who empowers us. And by the way, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, you're not saved. May I say that again? You don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, you're not saved. And if you have the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, some of those wrinkles in your life are getting ironed out because the Holy Spirit is not going to let you live like you want to live. He's going to let you say the mean and ugly things that you by nature want to say. He is, he is going to lead you in a new path. So, picking up in verse 17, I'm going to give you probably seven things that we need to have, the perspective that we need to have on an adversary. First thing I want to say to you, you find it in the first two words here in verse 17, the Philistines. The first thing I, I just want to remind you of is that your enemies, and I'm going to refer to them as they, because you never know what Satan is going to use. First of all, they will come. Your enemies are going to come. You see those two words, the Philistines? You go back and do your Bible history. The Philistines was like a, were like a thorn in the side of the children of Israel. Every time you see the Philistines, almost every time, they are in battle with God's people. And here's what I want to say to you. You came this morning and you knelt and you committed not to the preacher. You committed to this church and you committed to God to step up for the Lord. Now here's what I want to tell you. Satan's already at work trying to get you to welch on that commitment. He will come. And he will send some bad things in your life. Part of our problem as believers is we don't expect bad things to come. We kind of expect things to go our way. It's back to what we're talking about this morning. Maybe the world revolves around us. 
The harsh truth is the world doesn't revolve around us. And in most instances, nobody really cares how you want to do things. Did you hear that? We get all bent out of shape when we, things don't go our way, when we don't get it done our way. And the truth is we're setting the wrong standard. Who we should be looking to is Him. And when we look to Him, then we are going to have strength to stand against it. When we just try to do things for ourselves, when we, when we think our life should be pie in the sky by and by, all of a sudden when the, when the enemy comes, we are taken off our guard. We are taken off our feet. Because when we're attacked by someone or something, it dismembers us and dismantles us. What I want you to know is that if you commit to Christ, the enemy is going to come, and he's going to come stand against you. Whether home, work, or school, he's going to come stand against you, whether in your private life, your public life, whether it is, and we'll talk about the different things that it can be. You saw the list as we started, everything from uh, unforgiveness, some of the things that were not listed up there, is, is uh, uh, emotional difficulty. Satan will use that against you if you let him. The enemy will come. The Philistines came. But you know what they came for? The second thing I want you to see is they come to fight. They come to fight. When the, when the, when the giant comes to you, when Satan sends something to you, he comes to fight. If you look here, it says, The Philistines, we already know that's representative of the enemies, gathered their forces for war. They didn't come to negotiate. Satan rarely is going to try to negotiate with you. He's going to try to get you to abandon your commitment. He comes, and he, and he comes for war. And watch this. And it says, and he camped between Suthkas and Azakah. Now, here's what I want to tell, tell you. Very rarely, when the enemy comes to fight, you. Very rarely will it be a quick strike. Normally, he's setting up camp in your life. Normally, he's going to pull you as low as he can. Normally, he's going to try to take you as far away from God as he can take you. And you have two choices when he comes. You have two choices when he comes to fight. You can either surrender or you can take up the armor of God and you can fight. The next thing that jumped out at me as I was just walking through this is that the enemy, when they come to you, just like the Philistines did, they always send their best. You find that in verse 4 as they're talking about uh, Goliath. It says, a champion. They didn't just send anybody. They didn't send a rookie. They, they sent a champion. He was one of the best soldiers, perhaps the most feared soldiers, perhaps the most successful soldiers. These guys, like Satan in your life, were, was not playing games. Years ago, my friend Mike Harlan wrote a song that said, we're just playing games at the foot of the cross. Heard Jack, Jay Strack say it years ago. We're playing games while Satan plays for keeps. You see, the, when the enemy comes to your life, when he comes to pull you down... He's going to send the very best he can. He's going to send the very best at the war. He's going, to, he's going to come and he's going to set up camp in your life. It's obvious to me that Goliath was their best. 
And you know what their best is going to do? You know when that, when that giant sets up camp in your life, you know what it's going to try to do to you? He's going to come and try to intimidate you. Hello? Have you ever been intimidated? Oh, Stephen back here plays football. We watch football all the time. Those players get up in each other's face because they're trying to intimidate each other. Do you know that Satan wants to come to you and tell you what you can't do? If you look here and you see that, that uh, um, Goliath came down, look in verse 8. If you've got your Bibles open, he comes out and he shouts to the Israelite. He says, why do you come out and line up in battle formation? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not servants of Saul? Choose one of your men and have him come down here. And if he wins in a fight against me, kills me, will be your servant. But if I win against him and kill him, then you will be our servants. He was trying to intimidate these folks. He even goes to say, I defy you. I don't know about your life. But in my life, I'm amazed at how many people try to intimidate me as an individual, as a believer, and as a pastor. And you know what about intimidation? When Satan comes and sends his best to intimidate you, it works a lot of times. It did here. Look how it worked here in verse 11. When Saul... And all of Israel heard these words from the Philistine, that is, from Goliath, that is, from the best, the one that came. They lost their courage and were terrified. You see, whatever commitment you made this morning in your heart between you and God, Satan is going to try to get you to go back on your word. He's going to try to get you to go back on your commitment. He's going to try to intimidate you so you will lose courage and lose heart and walk away. And when that thing that was burning in your heart as you thought about, and I know we all had to think about it this morning as we think about our community, the lostness, the spiritual condition of our community, the people who are outside of Christ, people who have no hope of heaven unless we share Jesus with them. As that began to burn in your heart and God put something in your heart that, for you to do, when you try to step out and do it, here's what's going to happen. Satan's going to go, you don't want to do that. They're going to laugh at you. You're going to fail. You've done it before. You see, Satan is an expert in, at intimidation. As I read this, do you know what jumped out at me? When I think about giants, whether it's, de whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's our attitude, whether it's any of those that were on that list, the enemy comes to us and he comes to fight and, he, and they send their best, they try to intimidate us, but they rarely come along. You know, you know the, the giants that come to you, the giants that come and work on you, they rarely come by ones. Isn't it interesting that Goliath was nine feet, nine inches tall? Some folks report he was over ten foot tall. His armor weighed more than little David. And look down here at the end of verse 7. In addition... A shield-bearer was walking in front of him. He brought help. It was not a matter of just taking on Goliath. He had somebody in front of him to protect him. You see, when the, when, the, when the giant comes in your life, when he's trying to pull you down, when he's trying to destroy you, when he's trying to defeat you, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be some other side 
thing going on out here, and Satan's going to use that to try to get into your life. I was trying to think about how to illustrate this, and you're not going to appreciate this, but it's, the, it's what I know. I'm a Trekkie. I've been here six years. Do you know that I love Star Trek? If you don't, you need to know it. Well, maybe you don't need to, but you do now. In one of the Star Trek movies, there was a battle going on, and they couldn't get through the force field, and so a ship went out and drew the fire and the attention, and they pointed their fire. And while they pointed the fire, the enemy's focus was on that fire, and it weakened the shield enough that Spock, not, not Spock, the uh, um, android, Theta, could go through the shield undetected. You know that's what happens? When, when Satan comes into your life, he gets you so distracted over here that he comes in a back door. He doesn't come by himself. And where he gets a toehold, it grows into a foothold, and it'll grow into a stronghold, and then it'll have you. You see, he doesn't fight fair. He fights to win. The next thing I'll tell you is that giants come in all sizes and shapes and forms. Look at, look at Goliath, almost 10 foot tall. He was not the normal Philistine. You see, giants are coming to you and to me in all places. Your giant can be, as I said, it could be a relationship issue. It could be an emotional condition that holds you captive. That is either depression or anxiety. And let me just say this to you. If you've never suffered depression, don't smirk at it. Depression, chemical depression is a chemical imbalance, and you can't fight your way through it. You'll be in prison until you get some help. And Satan will use it to cause some tough things to happen. He could, your giant could be a past condition. Your giant could be a past sin. Your giant could be anything that Satan can take to manipulate you. It could even be a character weakness, a character flaw. It's anything Satan can use. It comes all in all forms. And I, the last thing I want to say to you is you better, you better recognize, go ahead, you better recognize that whatever Satan is using in your life. Now, I, we could probably preach all night right here, but here's what I'm going to tell you. These folks recognized that the Philistines were enemies. They recognized that Goliath was an enemy. Whatever Satan is using in your life to keep your heart cold, do you recognize it as being something Satan sent your way? You're saying, well, Brother Jerry, what if it's something God sent my way to make me stronger? Well, you, do you understand? But most of the time when something bad comes in your life, Satan sends it, and God has to give his permission. You see, no matter how hot it gets in your life, no matter how bad the pull comes, you need to remember that as a child of God, God's always got his hand on the thermostat. And he will not allow more to come on you than you can have, than you can except that you can get away. He'll always provide you a way of escape. Face your giants. They're going to come. They're going to come to fight. They're going to come to win. They're going to come uh, and send their best. They're going to they're come to intimidate you, to get you to turn your back on the Lord. How many people do you know of tonight 
who used to, who, you, who are used to, that might be what we need to say, who are used to. They used to teach Sunday school. They used to sing in the choir. They used to attend church. And you know as well as I, if they love the Lord, they allowed Satan to get in and pull them away. I'll say one other thing because I've not mentioned this except in relationship. Some of us may have people in our lives that Satan is using. Oh, they're not, they're not Satan themselves, and they have no idea that Satan is using them. But every time you get in their presence, when you walk away, you walk away with a, a bad attitude, a defeated attitude. You walk away with some negative spirit because to be in their presence is to be surrounded by the negativity that only comes from the pits of hell. You need to recognize the enemy. That's a perspective on your adversary. Let's move forward. And let me give you a perspective on alternatives. When you're faced with a giant in your life, you can find it all here in chapter 17. Every time we have an, an encounter with an enemy, we have a choice to make. You have a choice. You have a choice to make. You can respond your own way, or you can respond God's way. And by the way, there is only one right way. And you say, well, that's my way. Well, only if your way lines up with God's way. If you're really going to get through this thing, if you're really going to defeat the giant in your life, just remember this. Proverbs and Psalms says this multiple times. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is destruction. When Satan and when your giant comes into your life, you have a choice to make. And it never ceases to amaze me. And this, this, is, this is one of those things about the finite mind. Well, at least my finite mind. You may have it all figured out, but for me, we have a sovereign God. He knows the end from the beginning. But I never cease to be amazed that he did so much he knows so much, he controls so much, and he still gives us a choice. Does that amaze anybody but me? In salvation, he's done it all. You'll never save yourself. He's done it all. In fact, you will never come to him without the Spirit draw you. That's what the Bible says. But watch this. He still gives you a choice. When it comes time to face the giants, to 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 overcome, he still gives you a choice. And you have a choice to make. So let me just give you some of those choices. And let's take it from David right here. First of all, I'd suggest to you that you need to choose the right stressor. What is it that stresses you out? What is it that gets you all hyper and, and all bothered? Normally it's the wrong things. For David, for David, he said in verse uh, 20, um, 26, at the end of the verse, he said, And just who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You see, David was incensed that the Philistines, and more to the point, Goliath, had attacked the people of God. 
Too often in the 20th century, 21st century church, we get all upset about personal things. And may I just say a personal word to you tonight? Most of the time when we get upset about personal things, we feel slighted. We feel left out. We're not getting our due. They don't like me. They're leaving me out. Do you know what most of the time that is? That's Satan working in your mind because nobody in God's house does that on purpose. Hello? I know most of you here pretty well. And there's not one of you that I know that will on purpose slight somebody. And yet we'll get all up in the air because it's not, uh, it hadn't gone for us like we thought it should go. And here's what I will tell you. That's Satan working with his giant in your life. David said, look, he said, I am tired of this man defying the people of God. And it's back to this me thing. And I know y'all are tired of me talking about this. Do you know what we talk so much about? It's not your church. It's not my church. Most of our problems come because we're centered around me because it is the number one issue in America today. We are so spoiled. We've been so rich for so long. People have played up and placated to us for so long. Pride, arrogance, selfishness is the number one problem today. Here's what I will tell you. The right stressor is this. Not how does it affect me. Not just when somebody insult me. If you want to know if we really want to handle the giants the way the Lord wants to, the right stressor in our lives should be when people start attacking the church. When people start attacking the people of God. We have gotten so personalized that we have forgotten that the church is the body of Christ. When the enemy comes, don't you just think about it. When the enemy comes, are you more stressed when it's a personal attack on you or when it's an attack on his church? You see, David was upset because he defied the armies of the living God. Choose the right stressor. Second thing I'd tell you to do is choose the right side. Choose the right side. You have this choice. Oh, David, he, uh, um, this is a long story. It's the reason we're not, not, reading it all, but he said down in verse 45, when he walks out to see Goliath face to face, he said, you come to me with all the man-made items. You come to me with a dagger. You come to me with a sword. You come to me with a spear. But guess who I come to you, what I come to you with? I come to you with in the name of the Lord. Choose the right side. I'm reminded of during the Civil War, in the Oval Office at Abraham Lincoln, and they were discussing things. And one of the aides said, Mr. President, do you think God's on our side? And Abraham Lincoln wisely said, said, I'm not concerned of whether God's on our side or not. I am concerned of whether we're on God's side. You see, we don't start it and God get in on it. All we do is, as I said this morning, we get in on what God is up to. You see, David chose God's side. 
By the way, when we choose God's way, when we choose God's side, here's what I want to tell you. The human odds are not always in our favor. Hello? I told you this morning, I've already told you tonight, when we choose to follow God, people are going to ostracize us. They're going to antagonize us. They're going to exclude us. And here's what I'll tell you. Is that when we choose the right side, we have power that we know not of to overcome the difficulty that we face. Choose the right side. Next one, as you'll guess, as you read that text, is choose the right strength. As I read chapter 17, I, I just know in my heart that Goliath thought he had the upper hand. When you're, fat, when you're battling Satan, he thinks he's got the upper hand. He thinks he's going to win. And David leveled the playing field because he said, You come to me with sword and spear and dagger, but here's the deal. I come to you in the name of the Lord. And folks, if you want a real weapon to stand your ground when, when, when the giant comes into your life, think about the name of the Lord. We sing, blessed be the name of the Lord. We sing the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The Bible teaches that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The Bible teaches us to bless the name of the Lord. The Bible teaches us that there's no other name whereby we can be saved except the name of Jesus. There's power in the name. I hate to tell you this, Baptist, we have, handled the po- we have handed the power of the name of Jesus off to our Pentecostal brethren. It is at the name of Jesus that demons flee and devils run. It is at the name of Jesus that we can defeat the enemies. It is at the name of Jesus. It is at the name of Jesus that we know the battle is the Lord's. Watch this. Beginning in verse 46, David had no fear as he approached this nine-foot, ten-foot giant. He said, today the Lord will hand you over to me. Today I will strike you down. Cut your head off and give the corpses to the Philistine camp, to the birds of the air, to the creatures of the field. Then the world will know. Here's the deal. The world will know. Not that I'm a great warrior. The world will not know that I have just defeated Goliath. Then the world will know that Israel has a God when you defeat The giant that comes into your life, by the name of God, the world will know that the God you serve is a God worth serving. When the giant comes into your life, he possesses all the power to pull you down. (laughs) He's played his hand, and he'll come up short. If you walk and lean on and live in the name of the Lord. Last thing that I'll say is that you need to choose the right sword. Choose the right weapon. 
A lot of times we try to hear what Brother Jerry says, and we try to use Brother Jerry's weapons, or we try to use Johnny Hunt's weapons, or we try to use Chuck Swindoll's weapons, or David Jeremiah's weapons. There's a great lesson for us to learn here. I was thinking today as I went to lunch about, about, actually I was thinking about these cards right here. Wanda will have to print some more of these cards tomorrow. May mean a trip to Walmart. These cards. I was thinking about this list. And I particularly was thinking about one of the things that we read in deacon's meeting. I just thought all the deacons should try to do this. And then we get into a ministry in the emergency room because it says cook an extra casserole and give it to a neighbor. So we knew that if the deacons got involved in that, that we'd have to do an emergency room ministry. Do you understand what I'm saying? But here's what I'll say to you. If you choose to do that, if you choose to cook a casserole and you carry it over to them and they go, or you give somebody a card and they stop you and they happen to catch up with you and stop you and say, why did you do that? Our cop-out is normally, well, we just love you. Can I say this to you? The only reason that we love anybody is because Jesus loved us. And what we're trying to do is show them the love of Jesus. And so we should say that. We should say, you know, Jesus loves me, and I just want to show you the love of Jesus. And then I thought, oh, here's where the bug guys come. What happens if they say, well, <coughs> what about this love of Jesus? And now you're bug-eyed going, what now I say? And here's what I want to say to you. Say what you know. That's what a witness is. It's not about reciting 37 chapters of Romans, even though they're only 16. It's not about reciting 37 chapters of the Bible. What it is, it's about just telling them what Jesus has done for you. Tell them about the church that you love. Tell them about the Sunday school class you're in. Tell them that, that you're learning to love Jesus and, you, and learn, learning to love others. Give them a word that will be, you remember us talking Wednesday night about the salt? We have to use the right sword. You Listen, think about it. David said, hey, I want to go up there. And you remember his brothers discouraged him, said, boy, what you doing? You, you need to go home. You need to be quiet. And he ignored them. His word got back to Saul that he was willing to fight Goliath. And Saul said, come on in here, man. Let me dress you up. Let me give you some tools. And he put all his armor on him, and David couldn't even move with all that armor on him. And so when David went to battle, David chose the right sword. It was the sword that God had given him. And that was a slingshot and some stones. And just like the rod of Moses became the rod of God, that slingshot became God's slingshot and brought down the giant. Folks, you're going to face giants. They may be at work or they may be in your Sunday school class. It may be at your house or it may be at your hobby. But when you face the struggles, make sure that you have the right sword and the right strength working on the right side. And when you get upset, make sure it's the right stressor. And here's all I'll tell you. You can overcome the Goliath in your life. Let's pray together.